Amen. I want you to turn with me to uh, Psalm chapter 2. The second Psalm, and I want to jump in the Word, and there's something that I believe God has given me to release, and something that I believe He wants to do in this conference that's coming up, but we're going to get a head start since we're hosting it. It'd be better if it's already in operation. You know what I'm talking about. And then we'll just see how God confirms stuff, because He is a good God. You guys are in agreement, right? And um, you're waiting for me to get to Psalm 2. There we are. All right. He said my house is going to be a house of prayer. It's going to be, and we pray here every day of the week, except Saturday. I don't think we have anything going on Saturday right now, and we did in the past. But uh, you can join us, please, the Moravian Lampstand. We're trying to relight that lampstand, and we sometimes we just have a few people. Thursday night is the night we pray for the loss, and uh, we just had three people, Shirley and I, or two of them, on Thursday night. But we don't care. We if two or more gather together. Eleven showed up on Wednesday morning, and so see, and we begin on Monday morning at seven thirty, and then there's Tuesday, and it goes through the week. So things are happening, and when God brings more and more people, more and more intercessors, but you know, you don't need a whole bunch. You just need faithful few. But some of you need to jump in with us because we want to see this really be a house of prayer all the time and for all nations because it's a, it's a big part of our calling because we want to follow that example of the Moravians. Now look, Psalm chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, why do the nations rage? The, the, the raging is going on right now. There's raging in the nation that I shared with you, but there's a lot of raging in America. If you don't believe it, just turn on CNN, turn on NBC or Fox or any of them, and you'll see the result of raging. Now, you remember the night before the election, I shared with you I had a dream, and I was reading Psalm 74, and I but you know, I woke up and what do you think I did? I went to read Psalm 74. And it talks about how the turmoil continually rages. And the Lord was speaking to us that all through this president's tenure, there's going to be battle. There's going to be warfare. There's going to be a raging against him and against our nation. And so we've adapted that and we've been challenged. Now we have the presidential prayer watch. And there's about 900 people that signed up. And we're praying, we're believing God. And I know there's going to be great warfare. It's part of our destiny. It's part of our calling. Remember in Revelation 12, verse 17, it says, The dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war against the rest of his offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Who is that? Who are those that have the testimony of God and that keep the commandments? That's us. So there's going to be warfare. It's going to be intense from here on out. How many of you would know that? It's okay. In fact, you're either going to be, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit put in my heart this week, either you're going to be a worshiper of the beast or you're going to be at war with the beast. One or the other. It's going to happen. You're going to be a worshiper. The whole world system is going to worship the beast system. 
And I don't understand how all that's going to play out, but they're going to worship him. They're going to be radical. Either you're going to be a worshiper or a warrior against the system of the age. And I want to be a warrior for him because our God, a warrior for God, because he's the Lord of hosts. And, you know, the good thing about it, those who are at war with the beast will eventually, in Revelation chapter 15, have victory over the beast. You know that. So get in the warfare because the victory is assure, or certain. It's sure. Okay, so why do the nations rage? And the people plot vain things. The kings of the earth set themselves against the rulers, or, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. I was reading this week by Open Doors and also, uh, you know, the Martyrs Organization. And uh, you know how they've... There's more persecution going on in our day than there has been in any other day in history. Over the last number of years, there's a growing anti-Christian persecution rising all over the earth just in time for you and I to show up on the scene and be who we've been called to be. Be his sons and daughters in the earth. And so it's an exciting time to be a believer. If you're a wimp, you probably won't make it. But if you're a warrior, you're going to make it. You're going to do more than make it because your God is with you. He's going to show you how much he's with you in this hour. You know, when you have stuff to overcome, that's when you find out who are those who are the overcomers. You also find how faithful he is in whatever you're going through because he already went through it for you and he'll go through it with you. Are you guys with me? I'm trying to make all this make sense. If it doesn't make sense, hang on. Some of it will. I'll throw out stuff and it'll all fit together. Somehow it may be the end of the age before it all makes sense, but some of it's going to make sense this morning. All right, look in verse 4. Now, how does God look at all the raging? This is what really is so encouraging. He that sits in the heaven wrings his hands and he's worried and he, no, he laughs. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. And the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Verse 6, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And so in the midst of the raging, that's what you and I are to do. We're to be those that are pursuing and seeking the kingdom of God with all of our heart and make sure that he is installed as our king, right? If he's king, then you're in a good place because uh, his kingdom is coming, his kingdom is reigning, his kingdom shall know no end. And then in verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you know, I've heard these teachings and you have too, that we can declare a thing and we can decree a thing. Well, you can do that as long as what you're decreeing and declaring is what the Lord is saying. And that's what that scripture says. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. So don't just go around, well, I declared it, I decreed it, though it has to be done. No, it doesn't. If he said it and you agree with it, it will be done. It doesn't even have to, it's going to be. The Lord has said to me, you, and this is the greatest decree, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. And then he says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And then look down in verse 10. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Say fear and trembling. 
fear and trembling. And then in verse 12, kiss the son. What in the world does that mean? It means to embrace, discipline, receive instruction. It means bow, yield before the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. I mean, just a little bit of the wrath of God is going to take care of a lot of evil. You know what I mean? And um, just, in fact, I'm really starting to look into that. What's the, what is the wrath of God? And, and that's going to come in coming weeks. But just a little wrath is going to take care of a lot of evil. But blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Now, fear and trembling. That's what I want to talk about. Remember Isaiah 66. Let me just read that real quick. Because it talks about the fear and the trembling. God's looking for those that will tremble at his word. How many of you would agree the church in America as a whole has lost the trembling at his word? We don't tremble. We just we take it or leave it. We come when we want. You know, we uh, obey it or disobey it. You know, it's a pick and choose thing. And, uh, but he says in verse 5 of, of Isaiah 66, Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. And then back up in verse 2, it says, But on this one I will look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Now I had a dream, and I don't want to be one of those prophets, you know, it's in the scripture that says, you know, they had a dream, and they didn't have no dream it's something out of the imagination of their heart. And I don't want to be one of those at all. I, I only want to be faithful. And it's, my dreams are not, they don't take precedence over the word of God. But they confirm the word. And, and sometimes, a lot of times that's where I get my messages. You know, I'll have a dream and then I see it confirmed and, it, and things just happen. And God unfolds it. To me, that's a pretty good place to get your message. Because I found out this week, you know angels visit us in our dreams? There are times you, someone appeared in your dream with a message or something, and uh, you don't even know, but it was an angel. You say, well, I've never seen an angel. Well, you had a dream about one. You see, there's a spiritual dimension here in play. It's more real than the natural. And, um, but it was two weeks ago, the week before last. And Rick was in my dream, and I've shared with you before, anytime Rick Joyner's in my dream, to me, it's like a confirmation it's going to happen. Except there's one dream I had when he was in my dream that I hope never happens. I'm not going to tell you about it. I hope it never happens. But anyway, he, was, he showed up. Maybe he just was trespassing that day in my dream. You know, that's what I'm believing for in that particular one. But, but in this one, the week before last, he was there. And all, all I was doing, this is all, I was just lying down, trembling my bones were shaking i was trembling shaking not because of rick he just was there at confirmation but the presence of god was there and i was just trembling everything about me and the only you know my thought was god wants to visit this nation and restore the fear and the trembling at his word and i believe it's going to happen at this conference and uh, so we're going to get a head start i'm going to ask god to release it here but uh, I believe it's going to happen, and we can watch God and see what happens. But America needs a fear of God. We wouldn't say half the things we say about his servants if we, had, if we feared God. You know, it's, you can tell there's a lack of that in the land. 
Now, but I want to review some things and go back over, and also not just review, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? So if I go over these things about dreams again, then you're going to start having dreams. I think that's supposed to happen. In fact, in Acts, it said, I will pour out my spirit upon how much flesh? All flesh. How many of you are in the category of saying there's a little flesh? You're, you're in the category of flesh. So that means we're in the category or in the place where the Spirit of God is going to be poured out upon your sons and daughters, for they shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men, this is not always true, but sometimes old men will have dreams. Young men can have dreams too. I'm one of them. But anyway, you know, you just got to gotta walk there. And your men servants and maid servants, the women, I really appreciated Deborah being with us last week. And our ladies are going to talk about having a women's conference with Deborah and some others. And you know, she wrote a book called The Epic Woman. I'm going to suggest you guys ought to call that the Epic Woman Conference. You know, whatever that means. You know, it sounds pretty powerful to me. And it's going to happen. You're going to, the Spirit of God's going to be poured out. Now, referring to dreams. All my life, I can tell you, some of the major moves... Most of the major moves is because God spoke to me, and then he confirmed it. I'm here because of dreams that God gave me, spoke to me. Now I realize some of those that showed up were actually angels. At times I wondered if it wasn't God himself in my dream, and I believe it was at times, but there are many things that God has led me to do, and I'll tell you where it began. Now I wasn't always, you know, thinking about dreams and all, I graduated from seminary, a good Baptist boy, back in the 80s, somewhere along there. And uh, I think I've told you the story, but I didn't know how you get a church except you send resumes. And so I sent resumes. I was in Louisiana, and I sent them to Louisiana. I sent them to Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, everywhere but Mississippi. I did not want to go to Mississippi. Because, you know, I was an LSU fan, and Ole Miss, you just don't, you don't go there. So I didn't want to go. I didn't want to say the name Mississippi. So guess where God sent me? He sent me to Mississippi. He sent me to where I didn't want to go to teach me what I did not know so that I could become something I would never have become if I had not gone to Mississippi. Can any good come out of Mississippi? Well, I can tell you it is because... When I moved there, I was just at a, out in the middle of nowhere. You can't find it. It's called J.S. Mississippi. And it's not J.S., but J-A-Y-E-S-S. It's probably not even in the map. But I lived there next door to a lady who became my spiritual mom, Mrs. Boone. Now, Miss Boone passed away this week. I'm just telling you, I've got an upgrade this morning. Now, she often, she prayed for me. She prayed for me a wife. She prayed for me everything. I mean, for many, many years, Miss Boone prayed for me. But over the last five or so years, she's been losing her mind. And so I don't know how, you know, much the intercession got through. But now she's in that great cloud of witnesses. And she adopted me. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to just tell you the story, then I'll get to the word. But when I moved in, she had a son years ago named Dale who... One of her sons pulled out to let Dale go get the mail. Dale was killed on the highway. 
a car. Now, that's the road between Tylertown and Monticello. You don't know where that is, but I do. It's a fast state, Mississippi State Highway. And so that's back in the days before it was 55. So, you know, whatever, they're probably going 70 miles an hour. But anyway, I showed up many years later. I would have been, Dale was the same, would have been the same age as I was. So Miss Boone adopted me. And so it was a very special time. But I'm telling you, living next to her, she used to have me over in her kitchen. And she would tell me about dreams that she had. And she would say, David, you should start asking the Holy Spirit to give you dreams at night. And so I started. I said, well, and this lady could pray. You know, when you come out of a Baptist circle and somebody really knows how to pray, you know, it gets your attention. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, she didn't just pray, now I lay me down to sleep, bless my Lord, whatever, you know. She prayed with fire. I mean, there was fire in Miss Boone's prayers. Everybody in southwest Mississippi that needed prayer would go to Miss Boone because she had a connection. So anyway, but she would share with me about dreams. And she's the one that gave me those cassette tapes by Jack Taylor. It's all because of Miss Boone that everything happened in my life. And so she went to be with Jesus this week, and I've got an upgrade because she's somewhere. Bob Jones is up in that great cloud of witnesses. Miss Boone's in that great cloud. You know, I don't know if they pray for us or not. I don't know. I I believe they do. The only thing we know, they root us on. We got to finish our race or they won't, you know, have completed. And it's a part of a great, uh, you know, tapestry of what God is building. And, uh, but, you know, I thought, I do believe they pray. But even if they don't, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for the saints. That's not all bad, you know, if you think about it, that he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. Well, let me just look. Go over in um, Job chapter 33. I'm going to look at dreams real quick just to review some things. And then I want to pray that God would release the fear of God. Would that be all right? Fear and trembling. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if what I did, now lying down probably means I had nothing to do with it. When you're lying down, wouldn't that just say you're just, you're just receiving? So wouldn't it be amazing if all of a sudden in churches all across America, people started walking in the doors trembling at the word of God. And if they don't preach the word in those churches, they tremble anyway till they do preach the word, you know, in those churches. But I think that would be an amazing thing. So look at this in verse 14 of Job 33. For God may speak in one way or the other. You remember that song? One way or the other, I'm going to get you, get you, get you. You know, now that's not God. But he does speak to us in one way or the other. You guys remember this. His ability to speak to you is greater than your ability to hear from him. He has the hard part. Some people say, I never hear from God. You do hear from God. You just don't know it. You're not acknowledging it. But he has the hard part. He's committed to speaking to you. And I'll show you that in the scripture as we just go over this. But God may speak in one way or the other. So let's just review. How does he speak? How would you say, what's the number one way? The word. Number one way is the word. And if it doesn't line up or measure with the word, then we're not going to really give it much time or attention. But what did they do before they had the word? What did they do? They didn't have the Bible, you know, back in those days, in the beginning. So you know what they did? They had a relationship with God. They heard the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit spoke to them. Now, we have the Word, so that means we're even more accountable. We have the Holy Spirit and the Word. That's probably why he's looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So they heard by the Holy Spirit. And uh, another way is through another person. You know, you can hear God, you can hear the Holy Spirit by somebody saying something to you, and you just know it's God. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Circumstance. You know, you can cast lots. I've, ne- I've only done that twice that I know of. I don't know that you should make a doctrine of it. But I did that once. I, I put the Lord to the test. I was going to move somewhere, and I said, God, if this is you, have this, this, this happen. You know what happened? This, this, and this happened. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen 100% of the time. God doesn't want you being led by lots, lots, you know, casting of the lots. He wants you being led by faith and led by his voice. But it is one of the ways, and it happened for me in my life. Now, he speaks through prophets, apostles. He speaks through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the words of knowledge. He speaks through audible voices. How many of you have ever heard the audible voice of God? I'm telling you, he speaks. I I don't know that I have. One time, I believe, I heard the audible voice. But it doesn't matter. When you hear the Holy Spirit, it might as well be an audible voice. How many of you know that? Because it doesn't matter. You know. Now, you know, there's some people that get, they may get a little proud and say, you know, God speaks to me. But then you can remind them, well, God speaks to donkeys. And, you know, he does. He speaks to donkeys. So just keep them humble. Don't, don't call them the, the other translation of what the King James or the old King James says. Just say, you donkey. God speaks to donkeys. What are you, a donkey? No, but he speaks to his people. And then another way is through angels. Now, this was powerful that happened a few weeks ago with Pastor John when I shared that testimony. If you weren't here, he had a testimony where he walked in the church and uh, he saw an angel. Remember, he saw Gabriel. And Gabriel gave him a message and said, the father said, tell the children, get your house in order. We've heard that message before because he's coming soon. Somebody recently saw just a few weeks ago angels that visited this platform, the altar. It was an angel of beckoning and an angel of reckoning. Beckoning means the Lord is into calling people to himself. And so he's going to help us do that. He's going to help us when we go to the streets. He's going to help us in this place. But also the reckoning, the convicting, the dealing with God, being honest. And, uh, and I believe God's going to do that. Then also their visions, their open visions, their inner vision. There's the inner witness. You know that you know that you know. How many of you know that? You just know that you've heard from God. And then there's the peace of God. He, you know, the Bible says he will speak to his people with peace. In other words, if you don't have peace, you might want to hold off. If you have a doubt, there's a good rule about doubt. If in doubt, don't. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do that. Doubt can be a good check. We also may need to get rid of our doubts. Did you know that the original spark of the Welsh revival happened when Evan Roberts, I don't know if he left school because it was the end of a term or he just went home for a while, but he goes home to Lager, Wales, and he preaches his first message. 
And that was the initial spark. And I read about this in a, in the Jerem, uh, David Jeremiah wrote a book about this. And he shares the four points. Number one was, conf- this was Evan Roberts' first message. Confess any known sin to God and put away any wrong done to others. That would be a good way to start, wouldn't it? Confess any known sin to God, put away any wrong done to others. I, I remember, I shared this with you during the Asbury College revival that happened in 1970. There was a great, how many of you remember hearing, reading about that move of God? And the Holy Spirit came to chapel one Tuesday morning. And the president was away during that time and he got a phone call. And the phone call he went into a phone booth. Now that back, you, don't, you guys don't know what phone booths are, but in, they were phone booths. But anyway, the guy went in a phone booth, put his quarter in or nickel or dime, whatever it was in 1970. Probably wasn't much, maybe a nickel. And they, they tell him, they say, listen, we have a problem. What kind of problem? He's the president. What kind of problem are you having at school? Chapel. Said, what do you mean chapel? There's a problem with chapel. He said, yes, chapel's not over yet. And it was like 9 o'clock at night. He said, what do you mean chapel's not over yet? It's not over yet. It's still going on. And it went on night after night for seven days. And remember, it was in Wilmore, Kentucky, and the news spread about the Asbury College revival. But anyway, when the president went back, there was, he said a young girl came up to him and said, Dr. Kinlaw, I've got, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. You've got to help. And she, he said, well, how can I help you? She said, I'm a liar. The Holy Spirit has shown me I'm a liar and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. I lie all the time. I don't even know when I'm lying. And so he wondered about what to do. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he told her, he said, well, why don't you go and confess to the the people you've lied to that you lied to them? Just confess and then see what God will do. Some of you remember the story. She comes back about a week later to him. And she said, she's bright, she's glowing, she's excited. She says, guess what? I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. He says, what do you mean you're free? And she said, I've just confessed to the 49th person or whatever it was, 59th person that I lied to them and God has set me free. And so a good beginning would be to confess, put away any wrongdoing. And then the next thing, put away any doubtful habit. That's what Evan Roberts preached. Put away any doubtful habit. It's a good rule. Remember, if you doubt, don't. Don't say it. Don't go there. Don't do it. And then the third thing was obey the Holy Spirit promptly and then confess Christ openly. That would be a powerful thing again if we just would do those four things in this hour. You know, God wants to move again. I'm so thankful for what he did in Asbury. You know what happened this weekend up in Toronto? You know what was going on? Was it powerful? Did you watch some of it? It was called Light the Fire Again. Light the Fire Again conference. They brought leaders of of moves of God, such as Pensacola, Toronto, and uh, Randy Clark was there. Rick was there. And, uh, you know, uh, some from Moravian Falls, Don, Chris was there, some others. But they brought all these together, and they're praying, Light the Fire Again. And I thought, God, what if, what if this was the final piece up there in Toronto? What if this is when they really filled the final little inch of what was left in the intercession? And then God just pushed it over and he does it again. God, do it again. 
Do it again, God. Light the fire again, God. Do it again, God, we pray. Light the fire again, God, in the name of Jesus. You know, I also read in that book by David Jeremiah, do you know during the Civil War, our nation could not have been more divided except where it is today. I mean, we are a pretty divided nation. We're not in civil war, but we really are at war in other ways. There are things going on behind the scenes, and there's great division. But during the Civil War, did you know that 100, they said there was 100 to 200,000 Union soldiers converted to, converted to Christ, 150 Confederate, 150,000 Confederate soldiers converted to Christ during that time. And they had services all night, prayer services and preaching services. I read where in the, was it the, the fall of 1863, the winter of 1864, over, there were 7,000 of General Lee's soldiers converted to Christ during that season of time. With great revival was breaking out. There was such a need that that's where the ministry of chaplains began. How many of you knew that? That's where they started. They had a need for chaplains. They didn't just ordain uh, military chaplains until they had a need, and then they had an overwhelming need. And one of them was D.L. Moody, a fiery evangelist. That was how he got his start. He was a military chaplain. And we're just praying, God, light the fire again. Light the fire again. And I believe he wants to do it. He's just looking for places just where he can send the fire. And this is one of them. How many of you would agree? And I don't mean to be yelling today. I'm just yelling. This is one of them. I'm trying to get heaven's attention. We're one of the places here, God. Send the fire again as our prayer. And we believe that he's doing it. So he speaks through peace. He speaks through his promise. Turn around. Look to the person next to you and say, it is God's promise that you hear his voice. Because Jesus said, you're my sheep. And you hear my voice. Well, let's go back now and just get back to this. He said, God may speak to one way or the other, yet man does not perceive it. Now, that's the problem. Often we do not perceive it. You know, we just got to believe. He said, my sheep hear my voice. But then he says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men. If he doesn't open our ears, they won't be open. You know, it's not, okay, God. I mean, we, we are to say, Lord, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's what Miss Boone taught me to pray, you know, fresh out of seminary. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And it works. I'm telling you, it works. But God has to open the ears of men. And then he does four things. He seals their instructions. Verse 17, in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. He turns us from our own way, from becoming our own God, where self is on the throne. And then verse 18, he keeps back his soul from the pit. He delivers us out of the pit, out of our own ways, the traps that have been set before us, and his life from perishing by the sword. In other words, dreams can be the difference of life and death. Now, I want to take a bath for the rest of the time this morning. I want to just read some scripture about fear and trembling. Is that okay? And um, I got to get, hey, Shirley, come here a second. Would you hold this? I got to take this jacket off. Why am I wearing a jacket? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, wife. With some of it's fire and some of it's the heat. It's burning hot up in this place. Okay, some of the scriptures we have, but there's no way I could get them all. So I'm going to just read and then we're going to pray. Because you know, the, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We can, all we want to, we can say, okay, we're ready now, send the fear of the Lord. It ain't going to happen. It's part of the sevenfold spirits of God. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, might, understanding, knowledge, and the spirit of what? The fear of the Lord. So we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and in particular, the outpouring of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We're going to ask God, do it in America. Do it in some, I'm telling you, some of those churches have been asleep for years. We can impact those churches from this very place this morning. If, we, if God answers it, no, ain't no if. When God answers his prayer, trembling's going to begin again in the land. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm just going to believe God. Why would he give me that dream? Scared me to death. These dreams are not supposed to, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a serious dream when you tremble and you shake and your bones are shaking. All right, Job chapter 4, verse 12. Now a word was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. In disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. Sound like an angel walked by. The hair on my body stood up. Has that happened to anybody? You know where your hair stands up because you know it's an angel that passed by. Or it could be a spirit. It could be some demon spirit. But it stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. And then over in Jeremiah chapter 30. For thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with a child Alas, for that, verse 7, for that great, the day of the Lord, that day is great so that none is like it. It's a day of Jacob's trouble. There's going to be a lot of trembling in the day of Jacob's trouble, but it says, but he shall be saved out of it. God's going to save a people out of the trouble that's going to come on the earth. It's just going to happen. And, you, and if you look in verse 8 of that, for it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that I will break his yoke from your neck and will burst your bonds. You know, one of the purposes of the shaking that's coming is to break the bonds the enemies had on the church. It's to break off the spirit of this age from the church so that we'll be of the spirit of God and not of the spirit of this world. Who was that guy that said, I look for the church and I found it in the world. I look for the world and I found it in the church. God ain't going to have it anymore. He's going to shake it. And it's going to break all those bonds off and all that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, for I was weak and I was fearful and in much trembling. And so he preached the word with fear and trembling. Why? He did not want them to have their faith in man, but in their faith in the wisdom of God. Right? So we understand that. Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God is also highly exalted. Jesus given him the name above every name. The name that is written above heaven and earth. Therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed. Not as in my presence only. But now much more in my absence. Now this is a great scripture. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now is that New Testament or Old Testament? It's New Testament. 
Well, he's quoting, but it's in the New Testament. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we see there's fear and trembling. Now let's look at some more scriptures. Second Chronicles chapter 19. You guys with me? We're just going to take a bath. We're going to be washed by the water of the word. If all we did is read the word, that would be pretty good. That's what Milton Green, I've told you about him many times. That's all he would do at his conferences. Back in those days, I would go to the In the Word seminars by Milton Green, and he would just read the scripture. And the word, I've told you many times, how it would like come out of the Bible, and it was like it would fly in the sky and hit me in the chest. It was an amazing time in my life. I pray that happens today. In fact, if the fear and the trembling comes, it'll happen. All right, Second Chronicles. He appointed, now this is good, he appointed a judges in the land. And in all the fortified cities of Judah, Oh, 2 Chronicles chapter 19. You need to see this. Because we need to declare that today to some judges in our land. He appointed judges in the land. In all the fortified cities. Now remember in Psalm 2, be instructed, O you kings and you judges of the earth. Remember that scripture. He said, now here's what it says back in 2 Chronicles. Consider what you're doing. For you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you when you render judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do, for the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or the taking of bribes. And then he goes on and talks about, he says, Thus you shall do in the fear of the Lord, in verse 9, faithfully and wholeheartedly. Wouldn't it be amazing today? If judges had to take an oath before they entered their judgeship, or governors, or mayors, or whoever it might be, and they had to quote the scripture, you know, do you, consider, consider, you're in your position because God put you there, and you're not to render your judgment based on anything, but that you stand before God and you're going to give an account, of, account to God. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know, we have some rogue judges today in America. That's one of the way. The left has figured out how they're going to try to overturn things in the land. They know we won't vote for it, so they put judges in positions that are going to force their way. Well, listen, if the fear of God shows up in front of that judge, they're not going to force anyway. They're going to turn before and bow before a holy God. I tell you, this is a good scripture. The, I, well, I don't know. Am I the only one? I'm, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Yeah, you can come on up. I'm not quite ready yet, but it's good. Job 28, 28. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Does anybody here want wisdom? Okay, fear God. Psalm 19, 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Second Chronicles 17, and the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land that were around Judah. Listen to this so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. You know, I think we just saw this happen in the natural. North Korea was awfully cocky. They were very cocky and bold and arrogant, and they should be. They have nuclear weapons, but guess what they did? They retreated. Do you know if the fear of God is on you, your enemies won't even rile up against you. They'll know God is with you. Wouldn't that be something if God came back again to really, really came back again upon the land? That would take care of all of your enemies. 
It'd take care of bullies too. You have the fear of God. Your bullies won't bother you. They're not going to have anything to do. They'll run the other way. Somebody was telling me this week about one of their children and they were being bullied. Well, let the fear of God come upon that little guy. Ain't not going to be, who's going to bully somebody that God's hands upon? It's the fear of the Lord will take care of it all. And then Proverbs 1, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despise my rebuke. And therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full of their own fancy. In other words, the fear of the Lord is a choice. It's a spirit that's poured out, but it's also a choice. We receive the, the fear of the Lord. And then Proverbs 8, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Do you know what will cause people to run the other way when they're tempted to have a fear of God? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We should pray for our children that God would give our children a love for everything that he loves and a hatred for everything that he hates. And then Proverbs 10, the fear of the Lord will prolong your days. There, you remember the two promises, there are two in the scripture that will assure you long life. You remember the first one? Honor your father and mother that your days will be long on the earth. The other one is the fear of the Lord. If you fear the Lord, your days will be prolonged. Why? Because you'll depart from evil. You'll depart from those things that could have cut your life short. And there are many other things about that. And then Proverbs 14, in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. Some people think, now, if you're preaching on the fear of God and God, God sends the fear of the Lord... Isn't that going to cause you to be a little bit shy or, you know, afraid? No, you're going to be more confident than you've ever been before because God is on your side, and you'll know that. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And then verse 27 of Proverbs 14, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. When I was growing up, we would, there was a place where we had an artesian well. You know, you know what artesian well is. No, you don't know. It's where the water flows continually, right? There's pressure underneath. And anyway, they told me it was the best water in the parish. That's where we had in Louisiana, parishes. We didn't have counties. So anytime we were around that artesian well, if it's the best water, I'm going to go drink some. And so I went and I hogged it. I drank all I could drink. People would be in line. Hurry up, David. What are you doing? I'm trying to drink it all. It's the best water I've had in months. You know, I mean, this is it. It's good stuff, but the fear of the Lord is like a fountain that never runs dry. It's a fountain of life. Then Proverbs 15, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great trouble or great treasure with trouble. If you've got just a little bit and you've got the fear of God, you've got more than those who have it all without the fear of God. You still get, are you still with me? I'm hoping this is washing you. I know there's a lot of scripture. Proverbs 16. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. If you fear God, you won't do what you just did. You won't do it because you have a fear of God. And then Proverbs 19. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. They'll be satisfied forever. You ever... You ever, you know, have you known people that are, they're just dissatisfied? They, nothing satisfies them with the fear of God. And it says, he will not be visited with evil. Proverbs 22, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 23, do not let your heart envy sinners, 
but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. In other words, there's going to be a tomorrow. We're going to give an account before God. And so be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Acts 9, then the churches throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria, they had peace and they were edified. And they were all walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they were multiplied. God, before he sends the harvest our way, there's going to be a new fear that will come upon the church so that we can walk in holiness and set the example, setting God on our holy hill, setting him and installing him as king so that when the harvest comes in, they'll see that we really are different from those in the world. And they won't just say what they've often said. They're just hypocrites. No, they're holy people. Yes, they make mistakes, but they're hungry for God. And there's something different about it. And I want to be a part of what they're doing and who they are. And he wants to do that. They were multiplied. Romans 3, their throat is an open tomb. Now this could relate to today. Their tongues, they practice deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. You just turn on the television and you'll see that on the news. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they've not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. You wonder why people say the things they say today. It's because they have no fear of God. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Come out from among them, says the Lord. Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. And I will be a father. And you shall be my sons and my daughters. Therefore, listen to this. Having the promises. What promises? I will be your father. You will be my son. Having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How will, the, how will holiness come? It'll be because we have such a fear of God. We don't want to disobey him. We love him. He's with us. He's holy. And he's living in us. And we perfect holiness. I read this week, someone said, America, well, some of America, not all of America, but some of America want God when they're in trouble, but they only want his holiness when all is going well. We want want his holiness and we want him because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Ephesians 5, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Then it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. When we have a fear of God, we'll be able to submit to one another and we'll be able to see one another by after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Last scripture. You with me? You didn't go to sleep. Nobody went to sleep. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, actually this speaks of what we just read. Therefore, submitting to one another in the will of God. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. If you forgot everything I've said this morning, I want to remind you. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to give an account for every idle word, the deeds done in the body. Because he goes on and says that each one may receive the things done in the body. Now, this is in the New Testament. According to what he has done, whether good 
or whether bad. Then it says, knowing, therefore, I mean, you, you know it. Know, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You know, when we understand the terror of the Lord, you can have a little more unk about you when you're talking to somebody about Jesus. You know, because I'm just telling you, because they're going to stand, you're going to stand before God, and they're going to stand before God, but the problem is, they're going to stand before him at the great white throne judgment. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, God, what do I do from now, from here? We pray and ask God to release the spirit of fear and trembling. I had to preach the word because you've got you to base it on the word. You can't base it on some guy's dream. He's dreaming and he's trembling and his dream, his bones are trembling. I've never, ever in my life shook like that. I'm just telling you, I, I, don't, I don't think it's possible. But I was shaking uncontrollably. Now, it'd be good if that would just play out right now in the natural. I'm all willing, but I don't care. I believe God by faith. So I want us to stand. How many of you say, I'm in agreement with you? We need the fear of God in the land. We need the fear of God in the church. We need fear and trembling to come back at his word. Because I'm telling you, America's lost the honor of the word of God. And, and something's going to, I'm telling you, there's come, something coming today where the youngest, it doesn't matter, the most unassuming people are going to speak, thus saith the Lord, the declaration of the Lord. They're going to decree and declare what the Lord has said. And entire cities are going to repent. Entire cities are going to repent and come to the Lord. You say, well, is that biblical? Well, look at Nineveh was an example they, they didn't even call him to repentance. I only said so many days. What was it, 60 days? How many? 40, de 40 days. That's all he said. 40 days. I'm going to turn this city into ash, something like that, basically. And they repented. They, their wives, the children, the animals. I mean, they had a full-fledged repentance. But we need people to start doing that now. We don't want to come to church. We want to be the church. You know, that guy that lowered the window yesterday, it was, that was a great way to start. It could have discouraged us. didn't discourage us. I know he closed the window because of the stupid yapping dogs. He couldn't hear a word I said. But I tell you, they're going to hear, thus saith the Lord in this hour. There are a lot of yapping dogs out there. The world yapping. You, the news is yapping. The politicians are yapping. They're all yapping. Preachers are yapping. Everybody's yapping. But God's word's going to be heard. So I don't know how to do this, God. I'm just going to be an, you know, it all comes by faith. Shirley reminded me, my spiritual mom, Miss Boone, is watching me this morning, watching one of her sons. First time she'd been able to watch me. You know what I mean? In lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of years. And so she's got a front row. She's watching so we just want to pray right now, God, in the name of you. How many of you say, yes, I want the fear of God on my life. I want the fear of God. And so we're going to ask God to do that, but him to release it here, but also to release it in our nation. In that little 
Baptist church back in Mississippi, in that little Pentecostal church in Arkansas, in that little Presbyterian church in Pennsylvania, in that little Methodist church over in Rhode Island, in that Nazarene church, in that Catholic church, God in all these churches. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we're crying out to you as a people representative of a land that is desperate for God. We have gone our own way. We've, we've done our own thing. God, we've trumpeted our own cause. We've gone our own way. Lord, we're asking for your way. You are the way. And we pray, God, that you would visit this nation again, that you would pour out, God, of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's not a, something we can work up. We will never earn this. We are asking, God, that what I experienced in that dream this week and I've seen in the word, it is the will of the Father. So I'm declaring what the Lord has said. God, I pray, let it begin. If it's today, if it's three weeks from now, during that conference, during Pentecost, I don't know when, but I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the fear of the Lord would be poured out upon this nation one more time in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for fear and trembling at your word. And I pray, God, you would use us, use every man, every woman, boys and girls, children, to speak, thus saith the Lord, and cause entire cities to repent at what God has to say. I ask you to do it again, God. Lord, if all of those hundreds of thousands of soldiers could come to Jesus during the Civil War, God, we're in a Civil War right now. It's just not being fought in the same way. God, would you send a great awakening, great revival in the land, cause multitudes to turn to the Lord, to be converted in this hour, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray. Lord, I thank you for the angel of beckoning and the angel of reckoning. And I pray, God, that from this place, that beckoning call will go to the ends of the earth. And the reckoning of the Holy Spirit will wreck men from east to west to north to south, drawing them to the Savior. God, I thank you. You so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. Lord, let that gospel go forth again with power and authority and conviction. We cannot do this thing unless you come and you pour the Spirit out from on high. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're doing it. You're doing it. You've set this moment up. And so, God, we pray right now. I pray over everyone in this room, everyone watching by the web stream. Lord, I release by faith the spirit of the fear of the Lord and the trembling of the Word of our God upon the people of God. In the name of Jesus. Now, I thank you, God, that there be people that are going to be able to run from temptation where they had been given in after today, they're going to run from it because the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. So, Lord, I thank you for that's going to happen. It's going to happen. I thank you. There, there's some people in this room, you, the same thing keeps tripping you up. You've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. God says the day of your going back and forth, if you'll come to me, you'll trust me and receive what I'm doing is over. You're not going back. You're not going to slip back. You listen, Jesus defeated sin. He broke the chains of darkness. He canceled the power of iniquity in the name of Jesus and through the power of the blood of the lamb. So I thank you for doing that, Lord. Thank you for doing it. Now, God, we want to see answers. We want to see, I don't want to preach a message 
and then just say, wow, that was a good word or that was an okay word. God, we want to see fruit to this. We want to see fruit. America's desperate. We could not be any more desperate. I don't know why, but I've just been thinking about the Presbyterian church. Let's intercede for them for a moment. Then we're going to pray for the lost. But the Presbyterian church started out in a blaze of glory. Much of the great awakenings, those revivals, back when those soldiers were saved, where did they go to church? They went to Presbyterian churches. And there were others as well. But God, we intercede for the Presbyterian church. I don't know, there are many different branches. One of them went off into the homosexual thing. One of them is debating. I don't know about all that stuff, God. Just come, send the rain of heaven. Holy Spirit of God, relight the fire. God, they were great Presbyterian preachers, great Presbyterian saints that prayed prayers that touched heaven. God, they were used to ignite great awakenings in America. Would you, God, ignite another great awakening? Would you fall on Presbyterian churches in America? Again, we break the yokes of power, of darkness and sin and rebellion and compromise. And we pray for a spirit of repentance, a spirit of conviction to fall on those places again. And send revival. God, we would gladly give way to the Presbyterian churches leading the way. We don't care who's leading the way in this thing. We want you to lead the way, God. So we call them forth. We prophesy in the name of Jesus. I declare it's in my spirit. I'm declaring a move of God is about to erupt in the Presbyterian churches of the USA in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, saith the Lord, no more shall the enemy pull you away and deceive you. What I began in you, I'm going to complete to the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, let it be. Let it be. In the name of Jesus. If you're here without Jesus, you cannot leave without Jesus. We ain't going to let it happen. There's an angel of beckoning here. No, the Holy Spirit is beckoning here. And if you're watching, um, you need Jesus. This is the hour of salvation. There's never been a day like this day in America. So we just want to pray in this place, but also over the web stream. How many of you this morning, you say, I don't know if I really have surrendered my life to Jesus or I'm not where I was with Jesus. I've fallen away and I need to come back to him. Just raise your hand. I need to come back or I need to come to him for the first time. Just raise your hand. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to him. Well, there are people watching. We're going to pray. Just let's all pray this out loud as a reconfirmation of our faith. But if the Holy Spirit is drawing you right now, you can't come to Jesus when you want to. It's not like we're trying to sell some insurance policy and you say, well, all of a sudden I think I'll buy that. It looks good. No, the Spirit has to draw you. There has to be conviction of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And the judgment is that the ruler of this world has been judged, the devil. And he's been judging all of his sin and fury. And so just cry out to God if the conviction is there. Say, dear God, let's pray it out loud. Dear God, I need you. And I believe in Jesus that he is the son of God. That he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life come into my heart I repent of my sin 
I turn from my own ways. And for the rest of my life, I will follow you. Fill me now with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your fire. Fill me with the power of heaven. And let me live for you. Let me be one of those he spoke about that speaks your word and causes many to repent. And we thank you, God. We believe you. You said, whosoever, Lord, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you see, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. You write us. You can email us at thegatheringchurchoffice at gmail.com. And uh, we will we'll send you some information. We got a whole bunch of little things down in that room back there. I, by faith, bought hundreds and hundreds of little bitty tracks to give away. I need to buy some more. We need thousands and thousands. Okay, so we're just going to do that with, we're going to do it this week. I got probably six or seven, eight hundred. That'd be a pretty good harvest but we're not satisfied we want the whole nation we want some god to do something that men would say there's no way that there's just no way there's no way those people could have done that that had to have been god you know what i mean had to have been the spirit of god that's just the way it's going to happen and then he'll get all the glory so in one yes what's that his word does not return void it's not going to return void today amen so we're going to have people praying around the altar. God bless you guys. We're praying for... How many of you have a son that needs prayer this morning? A son. We're going to pray for our sons. Okay, God. You're a big God. Our sons have big needs. Some of them are going their own way. Some of them are entangled. Some of them have things hanging on them that they need you to break off of them. Lord, we can't do it. Doctors can't do it. The greatest philosophers, psychologists can't do it. So God, we're asking you to rise, oh God. Rise up, oh God, on behalf of our sons. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we break sickness. We break disease. We break off the spirit of rebellion and almost like they've, they've just been entangled in something that they really don't want to be in. So Lord, right now, with the prayers of the saints, we break off those entanglements. They don't really want to be there anyway. So we break it off, we break it off, we break it off. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And so Lord, we loose them, we loose them from every chain, every in entanglement, every infirmity. We agree that cancer is a defeated foe in Jesus name and we break cancer we break every sickness and disease off of our sons and our daughters in the name of Jesus and we thank you God now we loose them to their calling I see the Lord like sending like he's throwing a it's like a rodeo you know it goes back to that song I'm not trying to be funny but I'm gonna get you one way or the other get you get okay God get our sons and daughters one way or the other one way or the other, Lord, we just send out the rope. Send the rope. Rope them. Bring them in, into your purpose, into your calling, into the inheritance that they've been born for, and you promised. And we thank you, God. We believe it. In the strong name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, God. Hallelujah.
Amen. God bless you.